Hello, everybody, and welcome to Socks on Tap. I am Johnny Nani, joined tonight by Tony Marchese. Tony, we are talking about an embarrassing, to say the least, White Sox loss by a score of 14-4 to to the Minnesota Twins in Game 2 tonight. Tony, I know we had some conversation before this call even started, so I know how you're feeling, but let's let the listeners know. Well, I'm just going to let everybody know that normally on these shows, we try and keep things fairly clean. I can't promise everybody that that's going to happen. So if you don't like swearing and you don't like anger and you don't like negativity, this is not the place for you right now. Just shut this off. Tune back in tomorrow. Or maybe don't. Because if this happens again tomorrow, it's going to be the same thing all over again. This is, you already said embarrassing. This is worse than embarrassing. I don't even know what I watched tonight, Johnny. I, I have no idea what I watched tonight. The Twins are a great ball club. We beat them yesterday. The Sox can play good baseball. They didn't do that tonight. Hell, they didn't even show up to the park after the fourth inning. I don't know. Maybe that their souls left their bodies. I have no idea. Sort of looked like. But this was... Hmm. Games like this, man... This is what this is what causes me to drink. This is what takes life, you know, years off my life is watching this horseshit. I mean, yep. it's it's plain and simple. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna break down a lot of stuff, but Johnny, I'm I'm livid. Yeah, I am with you right there, Tony. Um, usually, when I go into these, I can do an inning by inning breakdown, and I keep just wanting to jump right to one particular moment right here um I'll, I'll preface it with what got the socks on the board because the socks were the ones that got on the board first tonight whereas it was the opposite way around last night and the socks were able to find themselves in a place to come back but third inning um that is where the white Sox finally got on the board um yolmer hit a one-out single uh larry lined out timmy hit an RBI double to make it 1-0 White Sox, and then Abreu launched a home run opposite field uh, two-run shot, make it 3-0 White Sox. So we were, we were feeling pretty good, pretty, pretty good at this point, Tone. Uh, I don't know about you. I had a little bit of confidence. I'm not going to say I thought, you know, anything was finalistic. It never it is in baseball, but um, I felt all right after that, and especially giving Ray Lowe that with the way that he's been throwing in the second half. Um I, I was feeling decent at that point, but then the fourth inning is where things just fell off a absolute cliff. Um, I guess the the fourth itself was just the Cruz leadoff solo shot, um, which Raylo left out over the plate, so that that was what tied it up. But you know, it's not end of the world at that point. You're still tied three three. So it was the fifth. The fifth is where it really, really went off the rails. Um, Raylo gets two outs. Tone. It's two outs. Cave comes up, hits a single. Okay. And then the next play, Kepler reaches on an error by Jose Abreu, which was totally unacceptable in all, any way you can phrase it, just totally unacceptable, embarrassing, whatever phrase you want to use for it. Um, it was a ball that hit off his glove. What, what Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Everybody, everybody wants to talk about why Jose Abreu dropped the ball. If, if I'm going back and I'm watching this play, why is nobody covering second base? 
I don't understand. Why is nobody covering second base? There was a runner on first. He wasn't halfway. He was maybe halfway, if not just a step over, halfway down. You're telling me that Wellington Castillo can't throw the ball and make a force-out play there? At least take the shot at the lead runner. Because guess what? If you make well, there's two outs already, Tone. It doesn't matter. You're throwing that ball down the line. You had a better shot at going to second base on a clean throw. You know, you have to get Jose Abreu reaching across the bag to make that catch. If you're not throwing it on the inside, of, uh, if you're not throwing it on the inside part, there's two. I, I don't know. It, that's timing. I'm, I'm going to go against you but, here, man. The plays at first, um, he should have caught it. That's where I stand on it. Well, either way, it was it was bad. It, it was a bad play, no matter what happened. That would have gotten you out of the inning. That's about it. Would have gotten you out of the inning. It would have been way. fun. Wherever they go there, if there was someone covering it, second throws there because, like you'd said, the better line. Um, I think of it as two outs. Yeah, you're going for the runner at first. Uh, he still would have had him. All you need to do is catch the ball. So that's where I'm going to put the blame there. Um, and then the things unravel after that. And this is something that we're going to play a little what if game, Tony, because after that, in the at bat to Polanco, there is a 2 1 count. Renato Lopez throws a solid pitch by the zone, the automated zone that they have up there, the visual zone on the broadcast. This would have been a strike hitting the outside corner, tailing to the outside corner. But a squirrel runs across the field. Oh, ha-ha, very funny. Ha-ha, there's been a squirrel a couple games in a row. Oh, it's so funny. The kids love it. Everybody loves it. It's so funny. No, it's not funny, Tony, because this pitch could have changed the whole mentality, the whole swing of the way things went in this game. After that pitch, it was called non-pitch because, Tony, I think you have your breakdown of this play coming after this. But after that, Polanco gets plunked, and the damage starts then for the Twins. Uh, Tony, what you had told me before we came on, I think the listeners need to hear it. So uh, unload on the squirrel pitch that wasn't actually counted as a pitch. Well, here's the thing about this, the, this damn squirrel. Number one, you, you talk about it being cute and funny and whatnot. It's not. When the squirrel was in there yesterday, I don't know why there wasn't some sort of animal control out trying to catch this damn thing running around all day. You know, staff. You, you know you've got a squirrel problem. Damn thing. Yeah, you know you've got a squirrel problem. We should not be having baseball games with squirrel problems. This is, this is, the, it's a shit show. You know, and they, they, they want to call it their rally squirrel, whatever. Get the damn thing out of the ballpark. It shouldn't be interrupting play. I mean, you don't stop the game when a bird lands on the field. Shouldn't stop the game when a squirrel runs through the field. Just my take on it, number one. But he, this is what's so bothersome, is that he was in the pitching motion when they freaking call timeout. You get yep. that pitch over the plate, it could change the course of the game. It would have been a 2-2 count right there. It would have been a 2-2 count. Who knows? We all know baseball is a weird sport. I talk about it all the time. Baseball is a weird sport. Squirrels running on the field, weird. Okay? But just take that out of the equation. Let them throw the pitch and then deal with it. I understand that you've got this animal that's running through the field, but it's not the first time there's been animals running through a field. Andy Johnson smoked birds. a pitch. Yeah. With the bird, I yeah. think that was spring Whatever. training, but still. We're going to stop the game for all these 
animals that are that are running around. Put a dome on it. Put it. Put a roof on everything and stop the animals from freaking coming in the ballpark. I don't care. The, the fact of the matter is, that could have changed the whole entire course of this ball game, because if you get out of that inning with no harm done, I don't think this game opens up the way it does. No, I don't think it. I don't think Not it opens up the way it does at no, all. No. Tony, one, one point I want to make, because a lot of people are going to say, oh, you're playing the what-ifs. He still had to execute after that. And of course he still had to execute after that. It only would have been a 2-2 count because that would have been a strike, and I highly doubt Polanco would have swung at it because he's a left-handed batter, and that was tailing to the outside corner, and no, Raylo, put it in a, Raylo put it in a perfect spot for that 1-2, or excuse me, 2-1 pitch. It would have been a strike. That would have been a 2-2 count, and what happened after that was Polanco got plunked by a pitch. That was on then still a 2-1 count. If it is a 2-2 count and Raylo was going with a wipeout pitch, it most likely doesn't plunk Polanco. No. It may land in the dirt. It may be a full count or yeah, full count then. That, that but then you're the coming case. back with a fastball anyway. That your, exactly. your, your point is, is right on here. You don't have to go with that pitch sequence if if the goddamn know, squirrel doesn't run across the field. But this is this is the type of shit that you can't even like you can't make this up. That's so White Sox, Johnny. Yeah, I, I, I hate it because Tony, the the white I, I'm I'm gonna pick a bone here. The the White Sox official social media shared the video like, haha, it's so funny. This only happens every once in a while. We gotta get our clicks, we gotta get our engagement. Why are you promoting something? that completely derailed the results of your game. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand it. Because the, the squirrels twins, if... are cute. Fuck that. <laughs> that's exactly how I feel. The, it, the, it, twi- it, the twins, if they want to do that, whatever. Go ahead. That's your home ballpark. You, you're the ones that is causing the problem there anyway. Um, you, you want to, you know, call it your rally scroll, whatever. That That's, you know. Here's here's my that, thing. I don't want to, your... I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound like we're blaming a fucking squirrel. No, and we're not. Losing we're not. I, I, I'm not. But what? Here's minute. my thing. Here's my thing with it, is that calling timeout on that specific pitch had an effect on the game, and that that you can't dispute. Okay, but you know you had this squirrel yesterday. Yeah. Why, why are there not squirrel traps out? Why Why aren't you making some sort of effort to like remediate the problem? Because it does have effect on ball games, it could affect the twins negatively. You never know. Get rid of the damn squirrel. It's not that hard. You you, you tweeted something out like, "Give me a minute while I get my BB gun." Like you have you have hours to get rid of this thing. I don't know how long it's been in there, but get get rid of it. Get rid of it, or stop the game until you know that it's not going to be a problem. The cameramen are all focused on this squirrel. Yeah. It- for like and, the whole next inning as it like runs underneath all the pads and everything. It's going to run back out in the field. Tony, I hate to devote so much time to just this one animal that is running across the field, but you had made a good point right before we came on, right, right before we came on the show. And you said when this, you know, when this play is starting, because the squirrel came down from the first baseline and trotted down right in front of, you know, right straight down the first baseline and then right in front of the plate. All the fans are going nuts and whatever and you know, making a hoopla out of it. Why do you wait until Raylo's in his pitching motion to call yeah, timeout that, in that point? You, you why, were, why not, what, if someone was stre- what if someone was streaking across the field? 
Yeah, that's what I thought was happening. You were probably looking for me to go there. I'd forgotten that I'd said that. But it was it was blatantly obvious while watching this game, if you had the audio on, that there was something going on in the field. Because normally, you know, th- there's the noise, you know, get the crowd riled up, you know, noise meter things that they do. Those normally don't happen during a pitch. You know, when the pitcher's going into his motion, they normally don't happen there. They're they're normally after a pitch or like, you know, a lead Leading up, up to, to it. it. The crowd started to get kind of wild, but you could hear it build from almost like the outfield coming back in, at least just the way that I heard it. And I, I had thought somebody had run on the field, that there there was something going on, some sort of distraction that we couldn't see from the cameras. And then, you know, part of me was like, okay, maybe it is the noise meter because they hadn't called time. The crowd normally doesn't get wild for a 2-1 count. You know what I mean? It's normally like a 3-2 or whatever. Yep. It just it seemed like something was going on, but they continued to let it go. Where's the first base umpire in this? Or the third base umpire who probably had a better view of what was going on. Yeah. You see the crowd start to go wild. You call time. It doesn't have to be the home plate umpire that calls time. That third base umpire could run out on the field, wave his arms, and 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 call time. And maybe that happened. And that's why we only saw home plate during this. But you got to stop that play a little bit earlier when you have some sort of interference that's going on. I don't know. I just I felt like it was it was weird to get to the point where Lopez basically threw the pitch as the umpire was stepping out. I would say Lopez was just about to release the pitch before the umpire even stepped out, Tone. Yeah, exactly. I'd have to go and look at a replay to get you an exact time, but man, either way, he was already starting his delivery at the very least. I would say he was almost close to releasing the pitch. Yeah, and and generally that's not something that umpires do, especially if a if a if a hitter calls time, um it's too late at that point in time to yep. to call time. So I I was a little bit as I crack another beer, I was a little bit disturbed by the timing of it. Now, a squirrel running through the field or somebody running through the field, whatever, you, you have to, you know, consider the safety of the players and everything else. But, Johnny, do you really think that squirrel would have caused harm to a play on a, on a wipeout pitch to just get it over the zone and then call time? No. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> And we, we don't we, we want it, we're gonna move on from this because let's, I just get wanted, out the I want I wanted to preface this because I feel like it wasn't really, really discussed all that much out of how big of an impact this could have had. Anyway, like I said, Ronaldo gets that pitch over that and it was over. And when you look at the stat cast on it, the whatever the pitch zone that they have, would have been a strike, would have been a two two count. Instead, no pitch, two one count still. Um Raylo next pitch, plunks Polanco. That's still a two-one count there, so he's on. Cruz comes up next, and he hits a two RBI double to give the Twins the lead, five-three. Rosario next batter, two RBI single, seven-three Twins. Just like that, this game's out of reach. I'm so done with Nelson Cruz. I'm just done. I'm I'm done watching it. And here's the part that bothers me, Johnny is that we go back to this offseason and the 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 whole we didn't spend money, we didn't patch together a competitive team. Look at what the Twins did. This division was wide open. 
The acquisitions that the Twins made this offseason in Nelson Cruz, Marwin Gonzalez, I think, who else did they add? Odorizzi. I'm not quite sure how, how he's doing. Um, but the Twins made some some acquisitions that were not completely costly. I mean, what was Cruz, a one-year deal? I believe a so. One year, it was like a one-year deal, I think for like $15 million. Why was that so hard for the White Sox to do? You Yonder know, like, Alonzo, I, I, baby. I, I really don't understand why that was so hard. And I'll, I'll even preface this and say I didn't want the White Sox to sign Nelson Cruz, a 39-year-old who's, you know, probably going to taper off, but obviously isn't because he's, I don't know, maybe he's juicing. Who, who the hell knows? But he looks unhuman right now. All the twins are juicing. You see that slugging percentage? It's just, it's insane. But then, you know, we're being sold, Johnny, on the future of this White Sox ball club, and yet this twins team, who's also young, they've got young players, they've got a minor league uh, system that's rated higher than the White Sox by some of these experts out there. How the hell are we supposed to go out and compete and be sold on the fact that this is the White Sox division for the next five to six years when this team actually spends the money on free agents to come in here and supplement this roster, God damn, I'd love a, a Max Kepler in our lineup. And he's hitting 256, but it just seems like every time we play him, he's hitting home runs, hitting doubles, getting on base all the time. He just looks like a ball player. And we've got guys that look absolutely lackadaisical in our outfield. What's the difference here? Why why do they just look so fine-tuned, and yet we have all these growing pains? I don't understand this. I don't understand it whatsoever. It's bothersome to me, because if you look at the AL Central, this could be the Twins AL Central for the next five to, five to ten years. Yeah. It's concerning. I'm, I'm with you there. And You know, I'm going all negative Nani or whatever we want to call it right now, <laughs> but... First, I'm being serious. There's yeah. there's no reason to believe that we're going to do something next year that's going to make us better than this team. I mean, look oh. at Rosario right now. <laughs> the dude just mashes home runs. Miguel Sano's back. He looks like a Sox killer. They've got like three catchers that can hit home runs. You know, Kepler's a, a beast. They've got, you know... I know you love Lurie. I know you you love the versatility, but man, he feels like a poor man's Marwin Gonzalez at this point. Oh, I I, I agree a hundred percent with that. And I was actually thinking about putting something out there, a take that, as much as I do, you know, enjoy Lurie, but maybe that's just because he's what we have here. Um, Marwin Gonzalez, I, I would grant, I would much rather have him being that plug in the holes type of guy. You know, uh, and because he played first base to start tonight, and then he moved to right field, so he he can play all over the diamond. He did you know, it. No, and that's Houston, that's nothing against through. Lurie. I mean, Lurie's hitting a little bit better, two eighty one over two sixty five, but the versatility's there. But guess what? Marwin Gonzalez can walk. He still gets on base. He still hits the ball. I know he didn't have a hit tonight, but he's also versatile. He's a guy who's hit who can hit with some pop in the eight spot. I mean, you look up and down this Twins lineup right now, Johnny, and I don't want to be green with envy, but God, 
wouldn't it be nice to have a full lineup of ball players? Yeah. Is there anybody in this lineup that's hitting under 250? Yeah, so Miguel no. Sano at 245, and I'll but take he makes it. Makes up for it with the power. Yeah. You know, it's he, he's sitting higher than Eloy Jimenez is. You know, it's just I don't see how we cross them in terms of talent. You know, yeah, maybe like, maybe yeah, within the next two three years, I don't see it. I don't I don't see it at all. Yeah, and like so, you said, their, their farm system now is ranked higher than the White Sox, whereas that was the opposite case in the two seasons prior to this. Um, <laughs> so so here, here's the point that I'm trying to make. You can go and compete and rebuild at the same time. All it took was maybe $30 million, $40 million of money that the White Sox said that they had to go supplement this roster on one, two-year deals with some of these guys. And you can go make a run at the division while your young talent develops. You know, you, we're all hungry for Luis Robert to come up. Maybe we wouldn't be so hungry for Luis Robert to come up if you had a real DH who's mashing dingers for you all the time. Yep. It, yeah. just, it doesn't seem that difficult, especially when... I, I missed the tweet yesterday. I don't know if you and, and Boz covered this, but there was a tweet that came out, and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. The White Sox DH spot has produced less than the New York Mets pitcher slot during this season. That's fucking embarrassing, Johnny. It's Beyond embarrassing. embarrassing. Beyond you know, embarrassing. I, I, I tweeted a little bit about this earlier today when I found this this tweet. And, you know, we're sitting here in 2019 where everybody is talking about how much better the NL would be if it had a DH, you know, which is kind of like this, this, yeah, I don't know, it's a shot at the AL for having to, to play in an easier league because, you know, you get this hitter in your lineup instead of having to, you know, use your pitcher to hit once every time through the order. And you go and you compare the White Sox to the Mets. And I don't know about the rest of the NL. I'd venture to say that there might be another team who's up there over what the, what the Sox have done production-wise. I don't know. Um, I'm only going off this one tweet. But isn't it embarrassing when you play in a ballpark that's an absolute launching pad? You're an AL team who is afforded the DH, and yet, everybody that you've used in this spot, and I'm talking about A.J. Reed, Yonder Alonso, Jose Rondon was a D.H. for a long time. Um, you got Matt Skoll in there tonight, and you know he, he's come through a little bit, but other than that, he's just looked like another one of these versions of a guy that Quad really doesn't belong in the, in the major leagues. Quad A is a, is a great way to put it. Why the hell can the White Sox not find a guy to play DH. You know, Nelson Cruz is the perfect example of that. Go out and get a guy who just hits. You know, you don't have to go out and sign somebody and worry about them playing positionally and all this other stuff. Why haven't you tried Eloy Jimenez there permanently? Because he just doesn't seem to stick in left field. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we're trying him out there and we want him to stick. But, you know, the DH in the American League... It just seems more important. 
You know, if you're afforded the opportunity to not have somebody worry about the defensive side of the game, they should be an absolute masher. And that's who you should have in that spot. Maybe Daniel Palka should be in the DH spot every day. I don't care if he's hitting ridiculously low right now. I want a guy that hits home runs in this spot. It's just asinine to me that they can't figure out who to plug in here. And I think Daniel Palka is probably a bad example just based off the fact that he was hitting like 29, 029 or something. Absolutely terrible. But you've got to figure this out. You're not going to compete in the American League, especially you talk about how important the long ball is. If you're if you've got no power out of there, no average, no on base percentage, you're just terrible in that spot. How the hell do you expect to ever compete? I don't understand it. It and then you get Ricky Renteria today talking about how he doesn't look at analytics. You know, I, DJ went out and wrote a great article about how, you know, why isn't Ricky Renteria looking at the sabermetrics? Hell, how about you go back to the freaking basic stats that baseball provides you, like batting average, home runs, and RBIs, and look at that before you even, like, open your mouth? Because he's not even looking at that. He's just throwing shit at the wall, and the shit's not even sticking. It's like wet diarrhea on the wall, just running down. It's terrible. You can't fucking make sense of this. It's bad. Town and that whole just fifth inning set this off. Um, this whole discussion. If I was going to bring it back to where I am, uh, trying to keep things in line here, going through the game thing. But I mean, you make a lot of good points there. Um, I wasn't super keen on a uh, Nelson Cruz type either. But if I knew that this is first of all, I will preface it in saying that I thought if we would have at least gotten, it wouldn't have been the great solution, but would have been better than nothing if you would have gotten Yonder Alonso career averages this year, and that absolutely flopped. Um, so there you go. That, that That is, I mean, that trade was made in December, Tone. Those signings were mostly made in January, late December through January. That is why they didn't go and get one. Um, so, yep, props. Big props for Khan. Um, well, you know, anyway, you made those you made those signings to go bring in a guy. And, you know, I said this earlier in a tweet too today. It's like we're sitting here being told that it was gr- like great that we didn't sign Machado because Moncada is a great third baseman. I don't care. Put one of them at DH. You know, like put one yeah. of them at DH every day. Rotate them in and out. I don't care. I want somebody that can freaking hit the ball. That's what it. They, don't they call it a designated hitter? It's a, yes, Tony? it's a designated hitter. It doesn't hitter? make sense. Hitter. I don't hitter. care. Give Manny Machado $35 million a year and say, I don't care if you like playing shortstop. Hit the ball. That's what you're here for. You know, it's Erman Cotta. You're going to rotate in and out, and we're going to use one of you as a DH. It's, it's all fine and dandy if – you've got a guy who's hitting 250 and putting up 30 home runs every year, but I don't think our DH spot's going to get anywhere near 30, 35 home runs this year. It's just, it's embarrassing, Johnny. It goes back yeah, to I mean, the same thing. You, you, you saw those, uh, those numbers that were put out. It was MLB random stats, uh, Jeremy Frank on Twitter who had provided those for you. And I know you said you didn't get to it until late, but yeah. Um, it, it really is. The, the Mets pitchers are hitting better than the White Sox designated hitters. So, um, man, that's a fireball it, offense. That's a fireball offense. Yeah, dude. I, I uh, 
unfortunately, here, here comes negative Nani. I have zero, absolutely zero faith. The White Sox will not do anything to bolster this either in the offseason. Free agency is a complete flop already. They've already failed before it's even started, in my mind, Tony. I don't even know what you they, can do. I don't, I don't know what you can do here. Yeah. I, 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 I'm looking at free agency right now, and I'm like, all right, who are you going to go get? Because there's other teams that want this. There's other teams, believe it or not. We'll actually get it. Believe, well, believe it or not, Johnny, there's other teams that want to sign people who know how to hit the ball. There's other teams that want to sign people that actually know how to sign people too, Tony. Yeah, I know. That's that's a more concerning part to me. Yeah. Um, we, we go down a rabbit hole. We've already gone down a rabbit hole because that all just stemmed from a uh, fifth inning talking about Nelson Cruz hitting the go-ahead double for the we Twins. We haven't even gotten to the, the eighth inning. We haven't gotten to the eighth inning yet. Well, I mean, I, I'm going to brush over this. Timmy hit a solo shot in the sixth. That was the extent of the White Sox scoring. Um, in the eighth, Ricky's boys don't quit. <laughs> Kelvin Herrera comes in. Oh boy. Nelson Cruz, the guy that you were just raving and ranting about, hits a leadoff double. Rosario ground out. Sano, RBI double. Eight four twins. Arez hits a single. Garver strikes out, but Arez steals second. And then Crone comes up, clears the bases. RBI double. 11-4 twins. Hector Santiago comes in to wipe up Calvin Herrera's mess. Max Kepler, it's an RBI double. 12-4 twins. Polanco comes up. It's a two-run home run. 14-4 twins. Cruz even doubled after that just for you. Just again for you because he came back up in that inning. Um, and then Rosario singled after that, and then it finally ended when Sano struck out. Finally. Then the Sox went down quietly, one, two, three in the ninth. Not even a pseudo Ricky boys don't quit thing. You know, <laughs> that, that's that double at the end. That's that's when I lost. It's just a rub, the salt in your wound tone. You know, and and this is what I get for saying that the Sox shouldn't sign him. But you know, at that point in time, I thought that maybe, maybe, because I was drinking the Kool Aid that maybe they would do something better than Nelson Cruz. <laughs> you know, well, they would. well, at least now we know they won't do anything. So, like, why, do we, just, why do we do I, this to ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, tell, I'm telling you right now, this is negative Nani, but I would not expect one single thing in the offseason. Not one single solid signing. And not one, excuse me, I wouldn't say that. They're going to make a signing but it's going to be more of what we saw this last offseason. Bringing back Jose Rondon. Nothing ever that will ever move the needle will happen. You know, and then here's a question for you. If if a Luis Robert homers in AAA, does, does it even count? Service time. Well, no, that, that's more of like, you know, if a tree falls in a forest, does anybody hear it? Service time. It It's driving me nuts right now. Just because I see this Twins team, and I touched on this earlier, and they just seem to have it figured out. They seem to have it figured out. 
And I don't want to play second fiddle for the next decade to the team that, you know, their payroll's not obnoxiously high. They're not a big market team. And yet you go back through the 2000s or whatever, like that last run, you you brought up Torrey Hunter on uh, Sunday Funday. It just feels like the same sort of torture that we're going to get here. And I don't like that. I don't like that feeling. You know, I, I, I just, I really don't. I don't either. Not one bit. The Twins are my most despised rival of the Central Division. They yeah. have been because I, I of that. Outs- that. I think outside that, the Cubs, I hate them the most. The history, just like Ed said, I think Torrey Hunter did it to me almost single-handedly. People forget that David Ortiz was a member of the Twins before he went over to the Red Sox. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> and that that all still has left a scar on my childhood um, on how I view the Twins just in general. So it hurts. One like this really hurts. Um, especially, and I know that we weren't going to come back in this game. But Johnny, this but was a the, this was a winnable eight, ball game. This was that, definitely a winnable ball game. You know, not, you go back to the third, fourth inning, the even when the game was tied. This was a winnable ball game. Your veteran presence, your leader, your clubhouse guy, your great, you know, whatever, going to lead the Cubans and all that. Jose Abreu, sure he hit a home run earlier in this game, which is great. But you're playing first base. You got to make a play. Uh, I'm sorry. I know you had mentioned this going to second. That, that's just unacceptable, though. The throw down to him when it hits your glove, man. You know, yeah. and and maybe got it. maybe got it. it was yeah, the got rest of that. It may have been the rest of the inning that kind of skewed my why did you not throw to second there? Because it felt like there was no outs. <laughs> there was two. Just was the, the two. length. Of- there was already two. Just the length of it. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why. I just kind of saw second base as an option there, and I was like, why, why didn't you just throw there? It just seemed like a cleaner cleaner play. But, I, you know, two outs plays at first base. That makes absolute complete sense. You know, everybody makes mistakes, I guess, with, the, with that. But, you know, I just kind of saw it. I was like, wow, he looked dead over at second. So that's, I mean, I mean if I was in that situation, I probably would have thrown to first too. I, and, I'll admit that. So I just, I, it bothers me that, you know, like you said, clubhouse leader, your leader, the guy that you look to, to make every play and all this other stuff. And he goes and, and <laughs> there's really no excuses there. I mean, Ricky did say, and I kind of preface it too. It's a harder play just with you thrown to the outside of the bag there. Uh, you got to come across the runner. Maybe he lost it in his vision a little bit, and that's why it bounced off. Come off the bag and at least make the catch. I don't. I don't care. At least make the catch. Don't let it bounce around. Then there, there's two. There, sure it sucks, but you already have two outs to start before anyone even got on that inning. You already had two outs. So that's, that's the thing that pisses me off the most. We talk about opportunistic and opportunistic time in the field is when you already have two outs and you just bear down and you get it done. Um, so e- even if, you know, Cave had hit that two out single, he was on first and then that's who was going to second on that play. Like you had mentioned, um, it was Kepler that had, uh, hit the ball that in- induced that whole play where Abreu made the error and it went past him. You, like you had said, even if you move off the, off the base, 
and just catch the ball. There's just two guys on. No runs would have come in. No, nothing. It, it wasn't like there was a guy on third coming home and you weren't going to be able to get him. No. Would have just been two guys on, which, sure, you'd like to get the out there because it's a you know, play from Castillo to be or to uh, Abreu there, but <laughs> limit the damage wherever possible. Um, I don't know, man. It This whole thing is just so frustrating. I'm sorry. It was just a cluster. Uh, it was a clown you, show, man. You, usually we try to uh, keep like a running uh, timeline of the way things went, but obviously that, um, that, that whole fifth inning – sent us into a spiral both on the field as a team and then uh us here on the podcast <laughs> it, it really did so if you want to if you want to recap the the too long didn't read version of this is squirrels have no place in the ball field um jose abreu needs to catch the baseball as a first baseman and the socks could potentially be playing second fiddle to the Minnesota Twins over the next decade. And we are probably going to drown ourselves in a pool of Budweiser and Bush Light by the end of it. Most and likely. That's a very unfortunate thing because I think that uh, both you and I were young <laughs> and we had full lives ahead of us before the White Sox decided to fuck this all up. It's a goddamn shame. You know, also, I did compare Yonder Alonso and AJ Reed to diarrhea being thrown at a wall. <laughs> yeah, you did. You, you did in there. Uh, Tony, I think my heart's just going to fall out of my chest if we continue talking about this one and comparing the White Sox to the Twins for the next foreseeable future going forward. It's time to move on to the next game. There's still one more to be played. The White Sox can still technically take a series. And I know this one hurts. And we've already gone on all of our rants about this. But Lucas Giolito is taking the mound. I don't know if I would want anyone else but Lucas Giolito taking the mound against Jake Odorizzi. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, This could go one of two ways. This could go great or it could go very terrible. Um, both of them have 13 wins on the season, and their ERAs are very comparable. Lucas Giolito with 3.41 and Odorizzi 3.5. So I know how I said earlier that I didn't know how Jake Odorizzi was doing. Um, apparently, he's doing just damn fine for the Minnesota Twins this year. He's doing uh, really pro- well. Probably because he's got a lot of run support. Um, imagine that. Imagine that. Um, I've always liked Odorizzi. He's, he's, a, he's, a, decent, he's a decent pitcher. Um, you know, like you said, there's still a chance to take two out of three here. If you can put this one behind you somehow and and just blame it on the squirrel and uh, show up tomorrow, I know it's a short turnaround, um, 12-10 start. I think the Sox actually do have a chance to come out of here two (laughs) two out of three. This loss is still going to just eat away at me. Um, but you know, taking two out of three from the twins, I think is great. You know, I, I said earlier, I think on the Sunday fun day that this was a chance for us to turn around and kind of show the twins that, that we belong here. Um, obviously they had our way with us tonight. It, It didn't feel good. So, you know, I'd like to see a route tomorrow. 
you know, come back and, and prove me wrong here because I'm so down right now on this team. And I know that, you know, I, I live and die with every single day. And I know you do too. And so does Buzz. I know Kinsler's the same way. You know, we take some of these losses to heart. And when you get slapped around like you did tonight, it's it's really hard. Um, Giolito, though, it, like you said, I would I don't know if there's anybody else that I'd want to kind of instill confidence, but I want to just make sure that we're all on the same page with this. The Twins lineup can go deep at one through nine, you know, and Lucas Giolito, for as good as he's been this year, He's also still shown some of that getting into his own head crap that we saw last year with him. And I think this is a good test for him. I think this should be a game that uh, if he does give up the long ball, I want to see him settle it right back down and make sure that he stays on track and not continue to get himself into trouble. Um, It's going to be a rough one. It's probably not going to be a pitcher's duel in my opinion, just because of the offense that we know that the twins can uh, just go off at any second. So we got to, we got to play a solid game. We can't have any of this crap. You know, we saw a lot of it tonight. We were coming in on a ball that, that was over his head. First steps always back. We can't have mistakes. We can't have lackadaisical play in the outfield, get the ball in, you know, just all the same stuff that you tell your, your 10, 12 year old team, needs to be set again to the White Sox. If they want to compete in this game, it needs to be clean. It needs to be crisp. You can't make mistakes against against these guys. And, uh, you know, that, that'll give you a chance to win. Hopefully, the offense can show up because the Sox are going to need to score five, six runs in order to win this ballgame tomorrow. Yep. I think you hit it right in the head with the offense. The offense always needs to show up. It makes your pitcher feel better. It makes you feel better as a team, as a whole. Um you can't just physically you cannot win a baseball game without scoring runs. That is the bottom line of it. And the twins are very good at scoring runs. So you're going to need to score more runs than them. It is really as simplistic as that. Um, I, I could get into some more, you know, <laughs> more uh, advanced, whatever trends as what's going on lately. Uh, the only one that I will touch on is that Lucas Giolito in his last four starts, Two two one ERA, um, or excuse me, two eight eight ERA in those last four. Um, that's better than his uh, all over the season. Three four one over the duration of the season, and we obviously saw. I know it was a lot overshadowed by the Bill Walton ridiculousness in the booth on Friday night. He had himself a damn solid Friday night in Anaheim, the only game that we won at Anaheim. So uh, I am hoping that confidence just stews over and he is looking to prove a point in Minneapolis tomorrow, Tony. Um, That's where I'm going to stand. I know you had said you don't think it's going to be a pitcher's duel. I will actually differ with you. I think it is going to be a low-scoring game, one of the uh, 4-3, 5-3 nature games. Well, you know, it, that's I, I'm I'm glad we have differing opinions on it. I think that this one could get a little bit weird. Um, I love weird baseball, especially when the Sox come out on the the winning side of it. But uh, you know, I, I hope you're right. I actually do hope you're right. I'm sorry to go full negative, Nani, on it and think that it's going to get out of hand. But uh, 
you know what you saw from the Twins' offense tonight, though. I mean, yeah, it's, that's there's, how they can play. It's very fresh in very, my mind. Yeah. Um, I uh, I'm with you, man. It it definitely is concerning still, and I am concerned about their lineup. But like I mentioned, when I let in this game, there is no one else that I would rather trot out there against. No matter how good Ivan Nova has been in the second half, no matter how well. Reynaldo Lopez has turned around in the second half. Obviously, things went a little bit haywire, not all to his own fault tonight. Um, I would much rather have Lucas Giolito, purely stuff, mentality. Uh, as for as for the 2019 White Sox go out there against the Twins ace. All righty, let's, uh, let's get over to our second city picks to click and just a brief little rundown on second city picks. Um if you're making a pick for the game tomorrow, where are you going to do it at, Johnny? You're going to go to secondcitypicks.com. You can follow them on Twitter at Second City Picks. It's a very simple concept. They put out a game for the day, whether that be White Sox, Cubs, Bears. It has been on their preseason game days a couple times this so far. You just go to secondcitypicks.com, predict the score of the game, final score of the game. Uh, sometimes it will do a combined score. So you'd add up the runs between the Sox and Twins tomorrow, per se. Um, but then the tiebreaker is usually the number of White Sox hits or Cubs hits, if it is the north side of town that they are uh, featuring that day. But anyway, if you do that right, so you get that right, and uh, that is what ends up in the final box score, then you win a free gift card to a Chicago food establishment. It's really easy. You just go onto their website, enter those picks number-wise, enter your email. They will send you a receipt of your email or excuse me, receipt to your email of your picks so you know exactly what you pick. And then if you win, they will get in contact with you and send you the gift card. It's really that simple. Um, It's free to enter. You can enter as many times as you want, Um, obviously once per game, but, you know, you can keep doing it. So you miss, I missed yesterday, entered again today. Um, was a little bit off because the Twins threw it off by, by big time. But anyway, uh, you can uh, go and do that as much as you please. Uh, play every day. We highly encourage it. And it's super simple because then if you win, uh, you'll get your food paid for you, Tony. I love free food. I know tonight was uh, a bone of beef gift card, and I was uh, I was hoping to get my hands on that. But like you said, the, uh, the Twins destroyed The Twins kind of screwed that up for everybody, I think, involved. I don't <laughs> I wonder if anybody won. I don't know if um, did I wonder I want to know if anyone's t- total score even went over like 11. Cuz mine was I mean, like sitting right below that. <laughs> I mean it's the twins so you might as well. The twins themselves scored 14. So I mean if you had uh your 18 tonight then <laughs> good for you. You you won that bonum beef, but man that that's a tough one to predict there. It is. That, that, that's why that's why they offer it every day. You just go back and play again. Ah, such a good thing to do. It's it's a it's a highlight of your day. Um, just get involved. Do it simple, like Johnny said. Um, but let's get into picks to click for tomorrow. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Timmy. Hit the home run tonight. Um, you know we've, we've talked long about seeing him show that power again. I'm hoping that that uh, that kind of kicked it off, and uh, Timmy continues on the tear because I think this team really needs him. To compete, like I've said over and over and over again, um, you know, I want to see him finish this year strong. So I'm going to go Timmy. I'm going with James McCann. He will most likely, more more likely than not, especially since Beef ca- caught tonight, 
he'll be behind the plate for Lucas Giolito. Um, James McCann, as of late, our guy Andrew Kinsler wrote a great article about it on on tapsportsnet.com. He is finally starting to get back. He had a brutal July, but he's finally starting to get back to his second or to his first half approach, and that is taking balls the other way. And you can go and see the video comparisons. There's a full breakdown. It is just it, it really is night and day when you look at how he was trying to pull outside pitches in July, and now he's finally starting to take them the other way. One of them is resulting in a grand slam, a game-winning grand slam at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I got to go with James McCann. And we talk about you know things kind of unraveling tonight, and, and I know before you didn't really touch on it during the show, but beef being just you know rough on calls and framing and all of that. Uh, James McCann is a professional's professional catcher, and he will bring that uh, rock behind the plate tomorrow behind Giolito, and uh, I believe he will bring it at the plate as well. So I got to go with James McCann. Uh, he will not let this thing get out of control. Let's say that. Sorely missed in tonight's lineup. I know we didn't touch on that, but I think he was sorely missed. Yep, I would agree 100% to him. All right, and that's really all I have for tonight. I'm probably... I shouldn't say it's all I have. I could probably go on another rant if I really wanted to, but uh, I'll spare everybody. Um, hope you enjoyed the show despite the outcome. Um, Johnny, I don't even know how to close this one out, so I'll let you. White Sox forever. White Sox forever. Let's go. Yeah.